0: Estás escuchando Sucias Aventuras Armenias. Hey everyone, it's your host Alec Mohibian with a quick note before we begin. Filthy Armenian Adventures is an interdimensional travel program that takes you deep into the cultural mysteries of our strange and interesting times. In search of truth, in search of gold, in search of lost friends and unsung heroes, in search of John Galt's motor. The show is supported entirely by patrons at patreon.com slash filthy Armenian patrons get access to twice as many adventures, including the most intimate and scandalous ones, plus regular five to 15 minute smoke break mini episodes on movies, shows and topics of the urgent moment. Patrons also get first dibs on our next live event. The first two were a smash. It's very easy to keep filthy Armenian adventures alive. You can still listen to the premium feed on Apple or Spotify or your favorite app, and you can do so with the pride that you're putting a little bit of money where your soul is. More patrons means more landmarks, more hotspots, more secret locations and forbidden territories around the world, and the world that is Los Angeles, our apocalyptic headquarters. It means we'll be able to track down more enchanting figures in the landscape and dare them. To abandon their masks patreon.com slash filthy Armenian gracias for listening and enjoy the show there's a feeling in the air like the 1950s fear of atomic attack, the emotional equivalent of a very low, very dark hum, a room tone of something's not right, but we've lost the ability to name it, so we're just going to scream scary words. People are building bunkers. They're looking for what to stock up in those bunkers. They're deciding whom to let in. They're taking inventory. Or they are looking at everyone building the bunkers and taking the inventory and thinking, these people are nuts. We don't disagree. We sense the bunkers would be useless if things got physical. But we're building them anyway. We're building them anyway because... It gives us something to do, something to measure, and it's good for the economy. It opens opportunities for generosity and camaraderie and making up for lost time, and so protects us from the kinds of atomic weapons that are not physical. We have been living in a state of techno-futuristic civil unrest, a mostly peaceful State of civil unrest, mostly peaceful, unlike our private unrest. Tonight's adventure takes place in a city that is no stranger to civil unrest, or to uncivil unrest, or to rest. In the eyes of many, it's a city where the first marquee ideological hole showing scrimmage of the 20th century was staged. When the Spanish Civil War broke out in 1936, every writer intellectual from Hemingway to Dos Passos to George Orwell made a beeline for Barcelona to fight against the fascists. For most of these intellectuals, fighting meant writing, or maybe taking film. For George Orwell, it meant joining any leftist militia that would accept him. Posing as a writer, he was permitted into the ranks of the POUM, a militia of anti-Stalin communists fighting on the side of the Stalin-supported Republican government. The charcuterie of militias identified as various degrees of communist, socialist, and anarchist, and held somewhat differing views on a timetable for revolution. But they shared one absolutely common cause— to defeat the nationalist forces of General Franco. Orwell, more anti-fascist than pro-anything at the time, joined them in that cause and took a bullet for that cause in the throat. His reward? His reward upon returning to Barcelona was to be wanted by the government he was fighting for as a spy. The May Days had begun. The communist government began to censor everything and lock up or kill anyone who dissented in any way from the party line. For the idealists who came down there, this was the moment leftism showed its hole, a hole they lost any reason to claim was smoother or looser or freer than the hole of fascism. John Dos Passos, the most explicitly left-wing of the artists on hand, became profoundly conservative as a result of the Spanish Civil War. Hemingway fled responsibility for what he saw and simply moved on to his next selfish adventure. George Orwell recorded everything in homage to Catalonia. The experience turned him into the Orwell that we know. But as you can tell from the first word of his title, Orwell did not leave his ideals behind in Barcelona. He left as more of a socialist believer than ever before, even as he knew now, as never before, the totalitarian destiny of movements in its name. This belief would never stop contaminating and confusing Orwell's political writing, but he became a forceful and eternal critic of totalitarianism, Regardless, because he was that almost impossible of creatures, an honest socialist. The socialism that remained in his heart was the one he glimpsed during the fleeting honeymoon phase of his time in Catalonia. And it was a souvenir of the Spanish character. Everybody knows that I have nothing but hate and contempt for the kind of socialism that Orwell pursued in Barcelona. But the kind he briefly experienced that left him so wedded to its ideal is not completely unrelated to the kind of socialism I pursue in Barcelona. Nighttime socialism. The socialism of the dance floor when there's a good DJ at 3 a.m. Nothing to do with the daytime political socialism which led to so much censorship, paranoia, snitching, lies and betrayal and bloodshed, but something to do with Barcelona. The one city on the planet where the pre-2020 way of life seems to be preserved, at least in the summer, at least at night, at least to the eyes of an idealistic tourist. So here are slices of two different Barcelonas. The one Orwell experienced in 1937, interspersed with the one I experienced with my friend, Gumarabic, on a languid night last summer. And two different, but not entirely different, socialisms. And while I don't like playing around with words that have an evil history, and are still stirring evil to this day... I am displaying the S-word as an alternate temporary name for my ideal out of respect to George Orwell, a great man, a man who made of honesty a vocation, a man I'd welcome at any hour of the night with open arms and cigarettes into my bunker.
1: Are you sick or are you? Uh, is it dust? I, I don't know. I just sneeze thirty times in a row. Yeah, but isn't that an allergy? Is it sneezing allergies? Probably. But I did take all my allergy meds. What do you think Marshall is a place where there's allergens everywhere?
0: There's a lot of things, you know. I feel like why not? Because it's very thing heavy it's got things it's got like scent smells it's got like sulfuric uh, water smells coming out of chem- you know it's like yeah. it's a it's just it's like a lot, of chemistry. It's a lot of chemistry a lot of europe there's yeah, just a, a lot, lot of, of europe yeah. going on here yeah. in many ways it's like the dream the dream of you. it's like this is where like the dream of europe is, is still alive the only place maybe where it's still alive uh, Berlin, no. Berlin's not about the dream of Europe. Berlin's about uh, its own, like. But Berlin's about the cruelty of Europe, and and how the cruelty of Europe can be like clearly, almost like clearly experienced and and seen and like walked among, its... you still survive. But it's not about like the the good part of Europe, which is what the mixing. Well, which is, yeah, the the, the the fantasy of mixing the various European countries without being crushed by Arabs, which, you know, there are Arabs here, there are, like, Africans here, yep. but it doesn't seem to be crushing the place, yeah. even though there's a lot of them.
1: Well, we see a lot of them right now because we're sitting at this restaurant. Right? Which is, we're, like, in Little Arabia, part of Barcelona. Yeah, I see a lot of uh, women in the morning hijab.
0: But what I don't see is a uh, like clear con- conflicting element to it. Like, I don't see the yep. menacing thing that you see in Berlin with the Turks or um, in most European cities. France, obviously... Even London, there's like you know, London has London is very has an edge at all times, almost. Yeah, when I say an edge, I just mean like there's a certain there's a certain like austerity to London.
1: It's
0: like it's not. This is this is an, this is intoxicating one of the toxins are Arabs. <laughs> this is very much like... That's a strong motherfucking coffee. Yeah, it is. I'm probably going to be up all night now. I should stop drinking it. This is a lot like... So, yeah, I mean, this, to me this is a place where, like, the dream of Europe is still alive. People are, quote-unquote, being European here, too, you know? The whole thing where you eat late, or ta- time is on a different... Schedule here.
1: Seems even locals are. I mean, it seems like most people that are out and about are local. Well, this
0: is famously like Spain is known for like, people having dinner really late, sleeping in afternoons, not working much, <laughs> living on a different, like, it's a European uh, pleasure. Style I'm very into it. Also, also, it feels like this is the one city that's been completely unchanged since the pandemic.
1: It doesn't feel any different to me than before. And that includes last year when I was here. You know that guy Rodrigo or whatever told me at that last place the, Mex- the guy from Mexico. He's like, I'm coming to LA in September to get the vaccine. He's like, What? Yeah. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, I, he's like, I get the booster every six months. He's like, I got COVID four times. And I was like, well, is the vaccine helping? facts <laughs> vaccination. It's a vaccine vacation.
0: Vaccination. vaccination Vaccination. Vaccination. Vaccation. Vaccation so weird man I mean I stopped even asking about that quote
1: like I just don't even get into it it's very I mean, surprising but he also is like literally saying that he's 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 like I have every drug right now so including like, J&J modern queer
0: the affection you can feel for a stranger It was as though his spirit and mine had momentarily succeeded in bridging the gulf of language and tradition, and meeting in utter intimacy. I hoped he liked me as well as I liked him. But I also knew that to retain my first impression of him, I must not see him again. And needless to say, I never did see him again. Juan was always making contacts of that kind in Spain. What are your feelings about Barcelona at this moment,
1: on this trip? So, fourth time visiting. Yeah. And I, I think I finally, I mean, I've been here with family. I went here for uh, a music festival, Primavera Sound, where Frank Ocean famously canceled me for the second time. Um, let's, I mean, yeah, it's so my uh, most just like getting let loose, just do whatever. You know, no agenda, no park well. Yeah. So it's just like no chi- Sagrada Familia. No Sagrada yeah. Familia. No like hike, midday hike I have to take before having to try to eat dinner at night. So thankfully, pretty well energized. We didn't get out of the hotel until what, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock today? Yeah, tonight? that was great. <clears throat> Couldn't get my uh, couldn't get a nasal spray because. everything's closed. because just a Catholic holiday. Respect. The feast of the Assumption. You you assumed they were open. Well. You know what they say about an assumption. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um. I mean, part of the other all of Europe thing is like it, it literally it has like every it seems to have like every kind of European city mixed together in it too, like the in the neighborhoods like this new neighborhood, this Jambla area area that we are staying in, which is also like the gay area and I think like the wider streets, the newer, developed, expanded. It's called Jambla? Extra, yeah, it's spelled like example. Oh, it's oh, like yeah. oh, okay, okay. it's called Jambla, I think. Um, which I think means expansion or something. Oh, okay. I think it's about it's how when they expanded from the you know the old town type of thing. Yeah. And it's it's like, it, like the the streets look more like Paris. Yeah. And the buildings do too. And so you've got that now, kind of as the the, the, the center, and then you've got you've got a still. You know, it's obviously super touristy. In the, uh, but but it's still an active like the gothic area and all the gothic areas which includes like Elborn gothic gothic the center and then also Revolve are like actually habit in you know they're actually like lived in places yeah. and yet they're like super medieval <laughs> looking you know yeah 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 um and then up until recently, and then you have that, you have the hipster area. You have, like, the the more hipster area, which is, um, uh, what's the, what is it, uh, on the top, like, north, right under, right under Park, Park Guell. That area, what the fuck is it called? Mar, something with an M. Gracia? Gracia, that's right. There's not a single M in the entire
1: world.
0: <laughs> Gracia, and then you got, uh there's a, that's the hipster area. And you've got, I mean, all kinds of outgrowths that I don't even know about. They're, they're a resident there for locals and not tourists. Um, you obviously got the really pretty Montjuic, whatever uh, hilly area that we were last night. It yeah. has also the Olympic Stadium. Montjuic, I think. you um, got got Parkwell. You've got... Park, well, you've got the king, you've got like the Magic Kingdom, Sagrada Familia, which is like a, you know, as as these baroque ass things go, gothic things go, it's really impressive. I mean, it'll it is kind of mind blowing. It's it truly there's nothing like it anywhere, and like it has a sort of like I mean I, I there's a I feel like Gaudi is like really the founder of Disney. Like if you think if you look at that. If you look at the Gaudi house, it looks just like a Disneyland creation. I don't know if there was an actual influence on Walt Disney, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all because it feels like the real version of Disney when Disney was like good, yeah. when Disney had a signature. You know. yeah. So you got all that. You kind of got like lots of different times represented, given these. Different given these different neighborhoods, they each kind of represent their own time, time period of history.
1: Uh,
0: There's another area next to Montreux on the bottom that I'm also forgetting the name of. But then the most to me, one of the interesting parts is Raval, which when I first came here in 2016 or 15, and I accidentally ended up there because you can just like you get lost in the very narrow streets of the gothic area and if you go the and if you just go one way from Ramblas instead of the other way, you end up in Raval. You're immediately in Raval. Raval was straight up like old style slum where I suddenly found myself in a square with all kinds of menacing people looking around at me, all kinds of whores going. They do that, like, mouth sound with their, yeah, you know, the yeah, whores yeah. here. And, like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, where the hell am I? And there was, like, a really cool bar that looked like it's from the 20s. Like a, like a Hemingway-style bar. I think it probably was something close to attend or whatever. I, I bet you it was still there. Um, I'll find the name, but... There was that really cool bar with full of people, but then, like, two steps away from it, you feel like you're being, like, surrounded by... And it, and it was like, it's, I felt like I was literally slumming it in a good way. It was a little scary. Yeah. There were, yeah. And since then, I think they've cleaned it up completely. I think, like, Rafall is all clean now. Is it? It's, yeah. It's all nice hotels, mm-hmm. boutique hotels, and restaurants and stuff. But there's, like, I don't think there's any more of they used they were they were calling it immigrant, migrant, immigrant type of thing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah.
1: So you love the bus.
0: I do, I do. But there are certain, it's a place where also, and as touristy as these, these observ- like, as touristy as the experience of it is, that's still something, like, where, you know, if a place has a very specific tourist layer to it for visitors that counts too yeah
1: i love when there's tourists in la
0: but i would sooner be a foreigner in spain than in most countries how easy it is to make friends in spain within a day or two there was a score of militiamen who called me by my christian name showed me the ropes and overwhelmed me with hospitality i defy anyone to be thrown as i was among the Spanish working class, I ought perhaps to say the Catalan working class, for apart from a few Aragonese and Andalusians I mixed only with Catalans, and not be struck by their essential decency, above all, their straightforwardness and generosity. A Spaniard's generosity, in the ordinary sense of the word, is at times almost embarrassing. If you ask him for a cigarette, he will force the whole packet upon you. And beyond this, there is generosity in a deeper sense, a real largeness of spirit, which I have met with again and again in the most unpromising circumstances. Some of the journalists and other foreigners who traveled in Spain during the war have declared that in secret the Spaniards were bitterly jealous of foreign aid. All I can say is that I never observed anything of the kind. I remember that a few days before I left the barracks, a group of men returned on leave from the front, They were talking excitedly about their experiences and were full of enthusiasm for some French troops who had been next to them at Huesca. The French were very brave, they said, adding enthusiastically, mas valientes que nosotros, braver than we are. Of course I demurred whereupon they explained that the French knew more of the art of war, were more expert with bombs, machine guns, and so forth. Yet the remark was significant. An Englishman would cut his hand off, sooner than say a thing like that. And that's all for the free version, friends. Apple is making transcripts of every episode automatically now to make somebody's job much easier. So anyway, if you'd like to listen to the entire two-and-a-half-hour Barcelona adventure narrated by George Orwell's homage to Catalonia, please subscribe to the show. Patreon.com slash filthy Armenian. You'll get over twice as many of these episodes, plus, for patrons only, a brief smoke break episode that's been very popular that I release several times a week. A uh, five, fi- 5 to 15 minute review or reaction to a book, movie, TV show, topic of the day, um, and a bite sized little, bite-size little uh, adventure. So, Uh, It's totally worth it if you subscribe and keep the lights on here at Filthy Armenian Adventureland in this very important year. See you on the other side.